Hey guys, what's up? It's me, Lori. So I have a guest today here. It's Lanika, my really good friend, who is actually back in town from Paris, where she's living right now. Um, we were originally going to do this on Skype, but luckily I caught her, so we can do this live. <laughs> but um, we're going to talk today about your story of how you became a world traveler and, you know, an expat and all this interesting stuff that I think a lot of people find amazing. So, um, um, yeah, why don't you start off by talking about like what your experience with traveling was when you were young um when i was young we probably just mainly went on road trips right so i went to disney world i went to from where uh from pennsylvania okay that's um, a far drive <laughs> yeah it, it was just really just driving trips like spending the summer in maryland versus pennsylvania things like that so my travel experience was really just the northeast okay or actually i guess I went the whole east coast. I, I, went, I guess I went north. I went. I went south. Yeah. If that makes sense. And this is like sense. family trips, like with your mom. Yes. So I did family trips, and 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 then after that, I just would do like girl trips and go to Martha's Vineyard and go to different places. Um, but I didn't fly. I had a fear of flying, so any trip that anyone offered me, I was like, no thanks. So in high school, my mom was like, she won this competition to go to Amsterdam to represent the United States. And she was like, you wanna oh. come? And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> but you did wanna go, you just didn't wanna fly. I didn't wanna go, cause I just, I mean, I just didn't think about it, right? Right. Um, to me, um, Amsterdam just wasn't in my thought process at 16 years old. Yeah. Like I'm sure it would be fun, but was your mom oh, sad that cool. you didn't go? I don't know that she was sad. She was going to have the time of her life getting to sing <laughs> and live her best life while she was like, bye, kid. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. But what was like, I guess, what were you afraid about about flying? I'm dying. <laughs> like the accident. Um, it's also kind of like a control thing, right? I got to trust the pilot. I have to trust that he's not drunk. I have to trust that he's relatively sane and normal sure. i have to trust that he's not sleepy or tired i have to trust also that the mechanic checked the plane to ensure True. that it's safe there's just so many things that i can worry about when i'm on a plane but on a bus on a bus or a train in my head everything is kind of like macgyver <laughs> so i could kind of just jump off of a speeding train <laughs> if something happens and you know so i feel a little bit safer on the high speed 60 yeah. miles per hour train yeah and my skills as macgyver Okay, I hope you never get in a train accident. <laughs> There's that too. So I guess, uh, what was the first, do you remember your first flight? My first flight was to actually, what was what? At 23, okay. to Chicago to see the Oprah Winfrey show. Okay. Um, I did an internship at Oprah Magazine, and I asked Oprah's friend, Gail, who worked at the magazine, if I could get tickets for my family. So it was a full family trip. It was, well... It was not a full family trip because people watching it will be like, wait, I didn't go. What you talking about? <laughs> so it was one of my aunts. Yeah. It was my mom. And it was my grandma. So we took the Bible. <laughs> we got on the plane. And is, there, is anyone else in your family afraid of flying? I think people, they're, they're, they're the normal fear of flying, oh, okay. right? It's like, Just uh, like a I, don't, I don't prefer it, but whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. the person that gets on the plane and falls asleep right away. And there's the person that's just like, okay, well, we just... Yeah. Jesus got us. <laughs> and then there's me like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to expect. And so yeah. my first flight, I was like, 
wow, um, takeoff and landing is the most amazing part. Like, it's so fun because I was like, I can see the ground. Yeah. And for me as MacGyver, if I can see <laughs> the ground, I can think about the fact that I can jump off out of the plane and I can be safe. And then I learned that that was actually... You know, most accidents happen during takeoff and landing. Yeah, right? then I learned that and that ruined takeoff and landing for me. So now that is not my most favorite part of flying. But that first trip, like, what was the motivating factor? Was it Oprah or was it... You're going to see Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> so Oprah was the one who got you on a plane. Basically. To a degree, and, t- and also taking my family. Mm-hmm. I knew how um, great it would be to, to take them. My grandma, at the time, uh, there were, you could only buy an Oprah, back, Oprah shirt uh-huh. at her actual show. Uh-huh. So, right, anybody that has on something that says Oprah, they had to have gone to Chicago and gone to the show or I gone see, to the store. So, my grandma bought, like, the, t- the sweatshirt, and she would wear it to the bank and everywhere. And yeah. that was her, like, in Frederick, Maryland, she's like, oh, my gosh, you see my Oprah shirt? Because I went to the Oprah show because my granddaughter took me. So, you, it's, yeah. you're you're the winning grandchild. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> part of it. I was winning. Yeah. <laughs> and then what did you have to do to prepare for it? I don't remember doing much other than having the white Bible and clutching it. And then that started this whole thing where I should only travel with my white Bible because otherwise <laughs> might not don't make it. So how was it, though? Like, would you did you freak out? Were you did you I regret prayed it? it was fine. I mean, when it's your first flight, you don't know what to expect. So there's less of a freak out. But I was like, I'm not going to do that again. Mm. And probably I didn't I didn't do it again until a girl's trip to Miami for my 27th, 28th birthday. Okay. Um, Spirit Airlines had a deal for $30 round trip. This was when they first introduced Spirit Airlines. By mm-hmm. the way, no one flies Spirit Airlines. <laughs> if Spirit Airlines is a sponsor, don't listen to her. <laughs> They're not don't, a sponsor. <laughs> don't believe in Spirit Airlines. So they were introducing these like from New York to Fort Lauderdale flights. And, and anyone who flies knows now that even if Spirit Airlines is like, we're going to give you a free flight. Mm-hmm. all around the world you say no <laughs> so, so it was $30 and we flew to Miami Erica and Jessica who are my two friends uh, bought me the ticket I remember this trip and on the way back I got asked for drugs so I went to the <laughs> my doctor and I was like I need some drugs to fly I'm like whatever you need to give me and they're like oh there's Xanax and I was like I don't know the scope of drugs you just pick which one so you, you did me. take um, something to go down there yes so they gave me Ativan uh-huh. and I got on the plane the flight there was just kind of like I'm looking around I was like you know I hope everybody that's joining me on the plane is a good person and 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 Jesus doesn't want us to die today so <laughs> and then on the way back it was like there was a storm yeah so we're this there's like it was like one of the most severe thunderstorms probably in in that I've experienced and mm-hmm. I was also on a plane. So you see lightning all around you on the plane, you're like, Oh snap. But there was a pilot in front of us, like that was seated and I was like, Does this seem does this seem safe, Mr. Man? And he knows that we were freaking out so he's basically just like yeah it's okay and he's pretending like he's reading his newspaper i'm like you just don't want me to freak out i don't trust this fake pilot who's like sitting back here like he, i could tell you a story pilot? right now about a flight but it would just scare yeah. you off flying so it won't no thanks i would hear no so at one point the plane drops right there's a significant oh drop everybody on the plane screams except for me and then some people start crying, something. but I'm I'm on drugs. So I was like, oh, you know, we're all going to die. But I'm one with Jesus right now. And I'm also very high. But no, we, we made it. And and 
you know, mm-hmm. I flew again the next time for a wedding. You know, I only flew a handful of times after that. I flew and mostly domestic and stuff. To Cali, yeah. yeah. And, and as we all know, Cali's what, five and a half, six hours away. So once you start doing that, um, when I took my first memorable fight, flight, it was because of Cali. So, and I guess it gets, just gets a little bit easier every time. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> my flight, so... My my fight my flight before my international flight mm-hmm. right so I got my passport in um, July or June of 2012 but I decided also I was going to go to California use these tickets that I bought with the next I decided that I own both tickets now yeah I'm like we were broken up <laughs> these flight tickets are mine even if I don't like to fly and I will fly somewhere <laughs> so, so I used the Makes two sense. different round trip tickets yeah at different times and so one of them was like um to San Francisco where my old roommate had lived and I on the flight back I was so I was in the bathroom I cried in the bathroom it was like really depressing I was like oh, my no. drugs are not working oh no because I took them like an hour before yeah. I was like oh no there's a process for me I have to start taking my drugs like two hours and adv- three hours in advance it has to set in yeah, yeah. calm my nerves <laughs> okay but before you start telling about your kind of international phase of your life like what was your attitude up until that point about travel like were you curious like and was the flight just holding you back or were you just kind of like you know did your men- was your mentality different back then my i mean i was always curious but my thing is you know it didn't feel like something that was holding me back because i always knew um i would eventually have to conquer that fear and i also knew that the only thing holding me back was myself mm-hmm. i think it's a lot different to have a fear where um there's an outside force that's keeping you from doing something versus an internal your own force so it's something that you have to deal with and you'll deal with at your own time um a lot of times you know working i was working at a newspaper at the time and a lot of those people were very very well traveled and a lot of those people didn't understand why i wouldn't get on a plane for the weekend or i wouldn't do this or i wouldn't do that and there's nothing that they could say that would have made me say okay i'm gonna get on a plane because Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with you don't get over a fear because someone else yeah. informs you that you need to get over the fear and there's less risk and there's that like like fears are irrational most fears mm-hmm. are irrational don't go walking in front of traffic <laughs> or anything <laughs> um so what was it eventually that made you take that first international trip and what was it it was actually a death so losing my grandmother actually made me decide that i needed to embrace life more and worry less about my fears and 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 i someone actually once had told me they said you'll end up in paradise either way right so so you either die or you end up in a, <laughs> an amazing new vacation spot it's like a, i guess <laughs> no, well that goes into my whole theory which we have disagreed on about living with no regrets because if you have no regrets you don't fear dying as long as it's not a painful death obviously no because i mean <laughs> it depends on what your fear of of dying is like my fear of dying is awareness let's <laughs> not like regrets or anything like that it's like i don't want to be there on a plane and be aware of the fact that i'm dying like oh my gosh this but it's like last 30, 30 minutes tops of no terror. no thank you <laughs> how did you choose the destination and what you wanted to do um paris always been in love with the city um basically movies entertainment and culture sell, sell you on places you've never been mm-hmm. so 
now what I've learned is what attracts us is which countries have the best PR. <laughs> so what attracted me to Paris was the best PR, the yeah. city of love, the city of Movies, art, culture, yeah. language, etc. Like, you know, there's still places that scare me. I, I, I see certain places in, in Africa, unfortunately, and, and what's on the news about them makes me a little more anxious because that's all I'm seeing of it. People aren't, you know putting a, 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 a PR spin on, on the amazing things that you can do. Although that's changing for me now because I'm meeting more friends that are from there and et cetera. And you're like, oh, are, are from different co- countries mm-hmm. on the continent. And that, you know, then opens up my eyes to more opportunities and more places to travel to. Yeah, that is a big deal. I think that like the way the media portrays a lot of like third world or quote unquote third world continents and countries like is totally misleading. I agree, but it's also the job of the country to uh, the country to lead its own um, PR mission, yeah. right? So Paris can Paris, which is not the country, but the city, but the ci- the city of Paris, they're kind of in control of the image that you see in terms of like culturally what we have to offer. Yeah, and so you know, for other places to do that, they have to be equally invested in saying this is what we have, this is what we can do, and and you know. There are certain movies that won't get made in France if they choose to not have those certain movies made in France. That's true, but I also think it's the journalist's fault because this is what I this is my theory. You have a certain type of demographic of journalist that goes out into the world, right? They tend to be I mean, the dominant media outlets are American in general, people and British, and people who become journalists have to be of a certain class because it's not a very good living, right? And you need support. So these people go out into the world and then they see the world through their own lens and they interpret it. And then it's not like they don't see, it's not like they're not intelligent people and they don't see like every country, individual country in Africa for what it is. But what's newsworthy to them is like, for example, human rights abuse, abuses in China or violence, um, you know, high murder rates in South America. And then they condense these countries into these like sound bites that they send back home. And then that's the PR that you get from those countries, where, whereas those countries are much more complex than all of that. But you're seeing it through the lens of some upper middle class, educated white journalist who's in that place, you know what I mean? I agree, but it's also the, the viewer loves sound bites, so there's that. Like yeah, we want to see things in in thirty seconds, sixty seconds. Please sell me on something very short, because I don't want to watch. Um, I think the media plays a role, and I think journalists play a role. But also, you have to think about this: the fact that those wealthy white people leading the news. They love to try to save a place. Yeah. They love to be like, I went to Africa and I've rescued all these people. Let's make an upworthy <laughs> video with inspiring music about deaf kids in Africa and being saved by the missionaries. So they do try to put a positive spin. That's their place. That's what but they're, they're going to claim. <laughs> like, they're like, this is me. Like, yeah. I built a school there. Like, really? <laughs> like, what did you do? So, um, yeah. To a degree, you know, I. I I don't know. I think I think a lot of times the politicians um, play more of the important role there. And, you know, I think about what I hear when when I'm traveling about America. They're like, oh, my gosh, everybody owns a gun and I'm going to get shot in the face. I'm like, I feel like that's not true. Like, I live, in, <laughs> that's true, that's I live true, yeah. there and yes, uh-huh. a lot of people have guns and yes, you might get shot. But everybody does not own a gun and there's just not bullets fly. Like I had a white person tell me that they were afraid to come to America because they think that they're going to get shot by a cop. I was like, wow, 
Because I didn't want to break it to him. Like, you're probably not going to be shot by the cop because you're white. But I was like, but at least you kind of feel for yeah. me. It's like, you don't, your perception of, 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 of everything is just based, again, to them on sound bites as well. But they're also very curious. Um, other countries are more curious about American culture than Americans are curious about the cultures of other people. So we as Americans need to actually do better and also realize that our blues aren't the worst blues in the world. Like, yes, Black Lives Black, Black Lives Matter is very important. Um, being aware of uh, various ways that minorities, other minorities besides Black people, are in, are impacted is in America is very important. Um, but also being aware of what's going on in Turkey, where all the people seem ethnically the same, but culturally they're not. Yeah. And then they're and I, and you're sitting at home at, in America because our differences are based on people that look different from us. Yeah. Right. We don't we want to have issues with people that look, don't look like us. Yeah. Other people in other countries, they have the equal amount of craziness. With people that look like them, but don't have their same beliefs. Yeah. So to me, it's like with travel, you start to understand or learn, wow, no matter where you go, people are going to come up with different reasons yeah. as to why. It's like, oh, your height is different. So therefore, you are the enemy. Really? I feel like that's not. <laughs> that's the, 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 the crazy world that we live in. And so awareness is just important, especially for people that I think are in the U.S. But I think what's the great thing about the U.S. is a lot of our policies impact, or at least now, um, as we become more of a global country, that's going to be different. But for the size of our of our population, we have more of an impact on um, other countries and their politics and and and, and the perception and, and and how people are treated mm -hmm. than than others. Yeah, yeah. So when you were, I mean, you mentioned just now that you kind of got exposed to a lot of different kinds of people from different countries when you went abroad. I felt like even though I grew up in New York. And I know people from other countries, obviously, it's like Queens is the biggest immigrant county, but it's I didn't meet so many diverse people until I lived in Beijing, which is kind of weird. Did you feel that uh, way? I mean, in traveling, you're meeting very it's it's funny because it's like diverse, non diverse, right? Because you're meeting certain you're meeting all these people from different countries, right? I now can uh, my Facebook friends yeah. who are people that are, are, are good acquaintances and, and if we meet meet more then we'll probably be friends mm -hmm. but those people are from Sweden those people are from uh, Brazil those people from Italy those people are from Africa uh, I don't just want to make Africa this, this, this continent yeah. <laughs> like those people are from you know Taiwan, Nigeria, like they're from all over, right? Mm -hmm. So they're a diverse group of people in terms of physicality, mm -hmm. uh, culturally, mm -hmm. etc. But what makes them very similar and actually non-diverse is the fact that we're all doing the same thing, True. right? We True. all have the same belief that we can go leave where we're from and travel and go and, you know, I'm meeting these people in hostile cu culture, right? Mm -hmm. And and even, even when I made friends, right, with people that live in a particular country, yeah. they don't have to speak English. And if you speak English, you usually have a little bit more access, right? You you might not think you do. You might be like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling and doing whatever. I'm like, but the fact that you've had the ability to learn another foreign language, it's not because, oh my gosh, in other countries, everyone is just so more educated than us. Uh, that's kind of, in my opinion, that's a bit of a myth. Um, 
It's because we're the just people exposed you meet from those to countries are the ones who yeah. exactly we're exposed to the more educated or or people that had more access in some unique way. Like I have a I have a friend. She speaks Spanish. She speaks um, French. She speaks uh, English. <laughs> like well. Okay, well, we're just using her as an example, but she speaks three languages, but I know people that speak more than them, but, uh-huh. we'll, but we'll use her. But also, her mother's a translator, mm-hmm. right? So, it's like most people don't have that access to someone at home that would speak multiple languages that then would yeah. make us make it easier for us to, to go out and learn. And also, a lot of times, people don't understand that being multilingual is often um, something that is... Um, I don't, I don't know, almost like a trait, right? It's like your, your ability to learn languages, everyone is not on the same playing field with that. That's true, yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I think some people, I think there's certain inhibitions that sometimes stop people from learning when they could probably learn more than they do. Could be true, could be false, it could just, or not it could be false, but it could be true, but I think that... Out of, like, pure survival. I mean, we have to think, we got to think about it like singing, and we have to think about it like writing. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't write, right? You go on the internet and people make jokes about people, there's memes, like, you don't know the difference between there, there, and there, right? Why should everyone know the difference between there, there, and there? That's true, but I also think that a lot of people don't know the difference because they just don't care. Some people (laughs) just don't care, and because it's not something that they do every day, like... Maybe they could apply themselves and learn, or maybe they can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't solve a lot of mathematical equations. There is nothing that you could do that will teach. To someone who knows math, they're just like, you are so dumb. Why do you not know yeah, that yeah, this no, is that? I see that. And I think that if people looked at language in the same way, instead of thinking that this is like, my mother's a singer. She swears everybody can sing. I'm like, you need to stop, like, one. <laughs> you need to stop. That's how American Idol auditions happen, and it's not good. <laughs> well, and, and it's also, you're not seeing value in what your talent is mm-hmm. right if you assume that everybody can do what you do then why are you so special okay that's a good point so so do you how's your french coming oh my french is horrible Sava. Sava. <laughs> <laughs> you're um, taking you're studying french now i'm st- I, I was studying french i put in a total of eight weeks um probably in week 10 it would have hit me <laughs> and i would have been better i mean there's certain things that that things are just more um it's easier for me to understand what someone's saying to me sometimes, depending on how fast they talk or, or, but in class, it's easier for me to understand, oh, teacher, you asked me what this is and what mm-hmm. this response, than for me to formulate a response, mm-hmm. right? And I also think because I'm American and English is, is my language, um, it's easier for someone that, uh, say, is a Spanish speaker to yeah. learn because of the masculine, the feminine mm-hmm. thing. And, and so in class, you know, it's this is where we, again, have this language issue where I have a classmate who self-taught himself English. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this is super impressive. Like, yeah. you taught yourself English yeah. because you supervise a hostel and you learn this. But he has a huge complex now because some people in the class have taken to making fun of him for his inability to grasp the the French language as easily. So I was like, why didn't you go to class today, right? He's That's like, fucked oh. up. You're in a French class and people make fun of each other? It's like, it's the thing is, it's not blatantly like, oh, you're, 
you're stupid, right? Yeah. Like nobody's gonna say that because we all don't speak the same language either. Yeah. So you can't say like yeah. I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. But it's the the laughing, oh, oh, pick him, pick him, or oh, I don't wanna be in his group oh, because it's difficult. And then you start to feel some type of way. And so he's like, Oh, I didn't go to class today because, you know, that's class is up. hard and, and, and it's like high school all over again and he's and then he's like, you know, if we were in um if we were doing like HTML or coding or whatever, I would be an expert. Like I yeah. would be better than them. So it, it, I'm like listening to him talking. I'm like, wow, it has come to this where you're like thinking in your head, like I would be better at this than them and blah, blah. I suck at it. But the difference between me sucking at it and, and, and him sucking at it is I don't know if it's because I do a mean ice grill <laughs> or if it's because of the respect of me as an English speaker an American in particular right oh. so it's where, like he from? he's from Taiwan so for me they're looking at me and you know if, if anybody tried to play me I was like oh, okay you should probably say some words in English to me because I was like I would call them on it and a lot of them have difficulty with English yeah so I was like oh okay yeah let's talk about it and they're, and they're self-conscious about it right they'll be like oh i do can't talk to you because i don't know and yeah. i try to put people at ease because i'm like i'm not going to judge you why yeah. would i judge you I'm language sitting. is about communication it's not about speaking perfectly or whatever totally unrelated not totally unrelated um do you i don't know if they have it in france but in brazil everyone who's learning english like they start from the same lesson i guess and the first thing that they always learn is the book is on the table whereas like i think if you learn if you take any rosetta stone class one of the first things you <laughs> learn is that the fish is swimming <laughs> That's the problem for a lot of these classes. They're <laughs> they like, teach you irrelevant like, bullshit. Exactly. You you know those apps. What was the app uh, that taught you? Um, I don't remember really what it's big called. For a while. Yeah. I was just like, when am I ever going to go and ask for, uh, I don't know, red dog or something like that? Like, yeah. This, <laughs> like, this dog is big. This dog is small. I don't know if you ever took Rosetta Stone, but don't ever take it. It's like the worst. I heard it was good, but it's no. It's bad. I, I mean, it's good that it shows you, it doesn't use um, English. It just shows you pictures and have has you like associate words. The problem is I got to like, I mean, now I speak Portuguese, but when I didn't, I got to like unit four without learning the most crucial phase, which is Tudo Bang, yeah. which is everyone says Tudo Bang in, in Brazil. And if you know don't know what that means, in, you, what? What does Tudo Bang mean? Oh, it means like, how are you? It's like, uh. to, it's, it means is everything okay, literally, but it, it's used for how are you? And everyone says that as soon as they see you. So yeah. it's probably the most uttered phrase in the entire country. And I didn't even learn it by unit four of this stupid language class. So there's that. That's. <laughs> That's the problem with not having a, a teacher or a person. Like, yeah. for me, we learn relevant things in class, right? So the first thing we learned was how to say our name, how to ask what your name is, how to say where you live. And how to say how I to, don't speak French. <laughs> yes. How to say, like, uh, which uh, which languages you speak, where you were from. Yeah. Um, and numbers. Although some of these things we went through really fast. I'm like, first of all, if I'm going to learn how to count, I need, like, three weeks. Like, we can't. <laughs> we're learning how to count Let's in a shopping. day. We got one day of Let's counting. Go shopping. I learned like, numbers I, fast. <laughs> no, I was like, I got to, like, I got to, what, like, 40 or 50. Uh -huh. And then I was like, I don't know what happens after that. Like, I, these are recognizable if someone says it. But after that, there's certain ways that you say it where you still say, where you say 30 plus 30 versus, like, 60 having a, 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 a its own yeah. number and then i'm well, like I there's can't. also hand gestures i've used a lot of hand gestures yeah. i've used hand gestures to find the bathroom um but no one understands my hand gestures so there's that like the, you know you ever have to go to the bathroom I, I had to go to the bathroom going from from 
Prague to, to Hungary. We stopped at some rest stop and I went in and I was like, ooh, because I can't. I, Europeans don't say I have to go to the bathroom. They say they ask for the toilet. And I forgot what that they asked for the toilet. Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm in the store. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was wiggling. And then. There should be like a universal like body language for I have to pee. That's what I tried to do. The universal pee. You know, you're like, ooh, ooh. And you're like, bathroom. Oh, <laughs> washroom. Mm, restroom. Like I felt all. Yeah. But I couldn't think of toilet. Then I finally saw someone from the bus and I was like oh my god what's the word for use bathroom they're like toilet I was like yes the toilet because in America no one would ask you where the toilet is because also yeah, yeah. we would think that that's very crass you're like yeah. ew dirty like you're just like where the toilet is no yeah. like, it's the bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah but in in a lot of places in Europe also the toilet is literally just a toilet <laughs> there's no sink in the toilet you go to another room to wash your hands uh-huh, uh-huh. and you're like well that's dumb that doesn't make sense did any of this when you first went there did it scare you at all that you didn't speak the language i i don't know i i, I mean i can't remember but to me a lot of times it's not the language that scares me it's more what i think about is how will i be treated as a black woman traveler mm-hmm. Um, what if I make the mistake of going to a country that's racist and I'm sitting there like, oh, okay, KKK, I don't know how to actually communicate with you, Nazi member. And I don't. Yeah. So I was like, I don't even know what you're saying, right? You're sitting there saying something to me. You're like, oh, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did you ask me for a hamburger? I don't know. <laughs> but even your, so even your first trip was a pretty long trip. One month. I spent the month in Paris. I had a travel mate. We did... Three days in the UK in a lovely neighborhood, actually. It was awesome. And then, but I was like, London is so clean. And then someone told me, you know, you were in like the wealthiest part of London. That's why you think that. I'm like, I got a good Groupon deal then. Because I was living at somebody's house, a widower who had this like beautiful home in some park neighborhood where. How much money do you have to save to go on a month long trip in Europe? Uh, Ooh, money questions. I don't know. Because it's a lot. I mean, there's also, you know, people, if anyone's I only actually had like two grand for that trip. Uh-huh. We had someone. Including the flight? Not including the flight. Oh, so it's like two grand of what you spent in addition to the flight. I don't know the total amounts of what I spent, but I know that when I went, I had about two grand. Because I was still getting paid, though. Yeah. Right? But I think the total in my account at that time was probably like two grand. What uh, kind of what kind of like um, if you don't mind sharing like what kind of job setup did you have that you could still get some income while you were traveling? I was writing a blog at four a.m. in the United States that I then was writing at noon uh-huh. um, abroad, and so um, basically my salary for that is, was poverty level, but <laughs> but it was still it, it was income and it gave me freedom freedom so I could travel and do whatever and mm-hmm. yeah. And you like, did you plan out ahead of time, like what, where you were going to stay and everything? We found a place. I post, actually, I posted that I was going to Paris and someone sent me a message and was like, can I go too? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, sure. So I ended up getting a travel mate. And then we For were the like, whole time? yeah, then we were like, I need a place. 
<laughs> we needed a place and I posted on Facebook and then people were adding to their friends that live in France and people were supposed to contact me. But then the travel mate, her friend's friend actually mm-hmm. had a place in Republic, the area where the shootings took place in November. But at the time, uh, like to me, Republic, if, if you know New York City, um, Republic is like Union Square. Oh, okay. But then... It has the metro system that's equivalent to Atlantic Avenue. So you okay. have all the metro stops, and then you have like this like college area or different people, a mix, a lot of locals, but then also a mix of 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 of, of people that mm-hmm. have discovered that actually probably live there. Mm-hmm. So I went and fell in love. I could go across, like walk right across the street and be at this metro and go everywhere, yeah. etc. There's an apartment on the seventh floor but the elevator only goes to the sixth and then you walk up to the seventh and the elevator only fits two people and mm-hmm. i don't do elevators anyway so i walk up all the way to the seventh floor every day and uh-huh. it was one bedroom separated kitchen which is a big deal in paris and basically a hot plate because that's how parisians seem to tend to live they don't believe in real souls <laughs> so you're like i feel like this is a hot plate even though you're caught like it's a hot plate and you're giving me a microwave that's an oven uh-huh. or not not a the the toaster oven, oven yeah. yeah i'm like this is not real but whatever you try to make your little chicken yeah. for 35 hours in your little <laughs> oven you don't bake anything you live your best life um so yeah i had the, the travel made that was the first time that was actually the first time we ever did anything alone and i didn't realize it until that trip yeah do you think it helped that you had somebody with you would it have been totally different if you went solo I think that was helpful in 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 being the reason why I wasn't afraid of not speaking the language. So mm. yes, like I had someone that was. If you're lost, with if me. you have a buddy, it's not a big deal. <laughs> and I mean, she her parents are Haitian, so there's certain things in French that she understood. Yeah. Like she did, she's not fluent in French, but there were certain mm-hmm. she could speak like a little bit. So mm-hmm. there were things that she could help with, and I didn't have really a working phone. She had a working phone that you know she would Google Map things. I was like, my phone don't even work. I can't. Once I go outside, you don't. Know, That's true. Soon. Actually, I bet a lot of people who, for whom like traveling would have been much more logistically difficult. Now you have technology to help you. So. Technology is very helpful. Google Translate, my best friend while I was abroad. <laughs> hey, somewhat my Taiwanese classmate showed me the different google translate i was like first of all there's a secret google translate <laughs> app there's a secret google translate app where you then take your phone and you put it over the text and it oh, tells yeah. you what it's saying yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like that thing. is not that my google translate does not do that until <laughs> I, I was like i downloaded one i think it was like a taiwanese app though there was a there's a new uh there was one that separate one i think i don't know if it was taiwanese but it was like a separate app from google translate and you could like put your camera over it and that's tell the you. one but google translate started doing that recently uh, too so you if you update your app you can probably have it well i did the one that he did and i was like oh stop using our workbooks and class i'm about to cheat like, <laughs> well what about that trip like made you want to go back and actually live there um i ended up going back to paris like six times after that and it just was a place that to me like exploring is fun like mm-hmm. i love if, it, if if it's a city where i could just walk around for hours and still enjoy myself and be happy alone with you myself. can't do that here uh, <laughs> not really <laughs> like new york new york is great but new york is great because there's always something to do mm-hmm. right there's always some place to go but then it's also a scene right 
you you get into your circle and you see the same damn people every time you go somewhere you're like oh my gosh you want to go to this barbecue oh same people oh my gosh you want to go to this like rooftop party same people oh you want to go to here like we all move in our in our in the same circles Mm -hmm. what's different about living abroad for for anyone though and not necessarily unique to paris it's just the fact that paris was the city that spoke to me and i experienced way more cities than just paris but what um spoke to me about Paris is like the different acts access to people of different social demographic backgrounds right to a degree so you go to a dinner party and you're at a dinner party with the dude that wrote a book about foul a thousand a million I don't know just all the foul languages that you could use in the United Kingdom or something like that okay. and then you go somewhere and you're you meet someone who is a chef and then you go somewhere and you meet someone who does digital media then you go somewhere and you meet an an American author I have a I have a friend who you know does something in accounting but her dream was to do like circus things so now she, she does aerial gymnastics and things like that not that you don't meet different people doing different things in New York but for the most part your friends are based on your work or your school so you all kind of do similar things I'm sure you mingle right? more overseas eh? and if you don't if it's not people that are doing the same thing sometimes it's people trying to pitch to you like if you're a journalist like oh i want to be your friend so you can write about this or do this there i don't do nothing right <laughs> i'm the black girl from america that i don't really understand, like that no one really understands what do you do how are you here right so oh, do they ask you that <laughs> there have to be other vague, people who are vaguely. there just to be there no, i mean there are but i mean it, to anyone, you know, if I met someone right now in America from France and they're just like, I'm just here. You're like, okay, do well, what? Well, if in Manhattan, I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, people just, it makes people more curious. It, yeah. You know, travel and being abroad makes makes you more open. Mm-hmm. Like, right? You're more, because you don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. So you could choose That's to true. be closed and not have friends. <laughs> or like in New York, I'm like, I got my friends. I don't really need any more. That's true. Like, who are you people? Why are you inviting and them? And also, like you said, people might come from different countries, but there is a sort of common culture for a person who would be willing to leave their home country and go somewhere right. else, right? And expose right. themselves to all that. That's like a culture in and of itself. Although, as you can also meet people that are from the country and they're doing uniquely different things that aren't necessarily the same and you're learning culturally the, the differences and... You're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm talking about race with um, African French or Caribbean French people, like yeah. the, people that are French from France or what, et cetera. So I don't know if I should say African French and Caribbean French, but they're from France. Uh-huh. So they're French, equally French, uh-huh. but they have, you know, a different Caribbean or African background. And, yeah. and they can tell me like the experiences that they have, and they they might have experienced America in some way, right? Mm-hmm. There's it's so interesting to me to meet a French person that can't wait to move to 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 America. I'm like, mm-hmm. really, really? Like, <laughs> I have a friend that's just like, I just want to, who's lived here and has lived in the South, and her dream city again is living in Atlanta. I'm like, who? Why? Of all places. Like for Paris or Atlanta? <laughs> Paris or Atlanta? So like, I can't. <laughs> I don't. She's like, it's slow living. It's just, I love it. And I'm just like, really? This is not to say anything about Atlanta because I hear the parties are good there. But still, it's like, you know. I mean, I have family that lives in Atlanta. But it's just like, compared to Paris, like, really? But I think it's for her, it'd be the same thing, right? You're experiencing the world different. You're more open. People see you differently, right? Yeah. So you can either, you can either embrace your difference mm-hmm. or you can 
choose to like go to war for your like and or you can find the perfect balance right so for me i have to when i'm in france i have to debate whether you know people are going to come to me and they're going to talk about africans or they're going to talk to me about other black people or not even black people they will talk about croatians i've been warned about people from the baltic sea area i'm like i don't even know who the people are that are from near the baltic (laughs) sea area they're going to complain about the gypsies and so you can either choose to pretend and ignore it or you can um put people on alert and challenge them. So, yeah. right, if someone says to me, oh, it's okay, it's fine, we talk about the gypsies. Everyone in Europe talks about the gypsies. <sighs> Actually, that's what I, drives I'm me. I'm not okay with that, you know? Yeah. Call you out on it. What drives me crazy about being, like, almost anywhere that I've been outside the U.S. is that people think that racism is exclusive to the U.S. People think racism is exclusive to the U.S. because the U- U.S. citizens are more vocal. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Just like, just like people even though we don't even do a good job. Just like people think Americans are dumb because our dumb people have reality shows (laughs) and they watch them, and it's like, well, our dumb people are just a little more entrepreneurial than your dumb people, so we ain't heard of your dumb people. You know what I'm saying? Dumb people everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Racists everywhere. You, what you also learn if people are people. Yeah. Wherever you are, and you also learn from travel, you are who you are wherever you are. So if you become that person that's willing to allow people to talk about X, Y, Z people because, yo, you just want to be so happy in another place, that's who you are. Yeah. You're that person that's willing to overlook discrimination or racism for the sake of being comfortable. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. So I will challenge people to talk about racism mm-hmm. in a hostile setting. But I'll also be sympathetic to people that live in a monolithic culture that don't know any better. So I you know, I can't say to you, you should know better because you watch the news or you oh, watch yeah, TV no, or you yeah. watch history. I'm like, you do a lot of explaining. You ain't never been around a black person. I can get why you don't know how we wash our hair. Yes, we do wash our hair. Some but people, people watch every black day. Black people get that in America too. Yes. So, and and and, but that's because we're also very divided in America. It doesn't matter if the the city you live in is a melting pot or whatever. If you don't live together in any capacity, then how like hostile you are living with someone in the same room? Oh, that's actually so. That's another question. Like, how do you meet people while you're out there? mainly hostel situations now it's different because i don't live in a hostel i live i'm renting an apartment so i go to meetups or friends of friends and etc it's a little bit more difficult so this time is this time was me experiencing what is the world like when um you know i don't have a travel mate right so my travel mate was with me the last time and Mm -hmm. so we were making friends by Mm -hmm. going to certain events together blah 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 but you're you have an apartment so you're not inclined to necessarily go out and yeah. be as super active or whatever because you kind of know people. Yeah, you start getting time. comfortable. Yes. And you still really have to go out and be equally um, as energetic as, about meeting new people. In hostels, everybody's on the same page. We're here. We're traveling. We're trying None to of us have like... What what are what do we all need when we're at a hostel? We are going to explore. Mm-hmm. Okay, where are you going? I'm going here. Oh, I'm going to this museum. Okay, cool. We'll all go together. Yeah. That's our bonding moment. So then we're now all alone and we're going to this and we're looking at art or we're going to eat or we're doing whatever. You don't have that when you are living in an apartment. And that's why I also really, really think highly of, of at least for certain places in Europe. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Paris hostels are that great there are some good ones that have popped up but nothing compared to the ones that you'll experience in in a in a um in a portugal or spain where Mm -hmm. if you don't stay at a hostel it's kind of like 
you're traveling alone why wouldn't you you have the opportunity to meet people and you can get a room by yourself and it'll probably be like twenty dollars and you'll have the capability like you can rent an apartment in a hostel in portugal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i talked my old roommate into doing that she was <laughs> not a fan she, really well she loved the apartment once we got there but she oh. was like i don't want to stay in a hostel i remember you posting pictures of that place i was like that's it a was, hostel it was, it was like an airbnb we had a duplex yeah we had a duplex apartment it was really really nice um but even though i talked her into doing that she wasn't willing to live like living at a hostel like yeah. so for me that meant i still want to go to the breakfast that we can go to where you have the opportunity to meet people and ask them to, what are you doing we'll go whatever didn't want to do m- many of the activities and that's i think that's a that's a lot of people do you think you are more social when you're overseas um to a degree yes um i'm also still the same girl who likes to nap right they're like oh my gosh i'm going to this art gallery or this museum at like 12 o'clock you want to go i'm like oh that's kind of like my nap time but let's (laughs) meet up (laughs) at another place like there are people at hostels that go out at 8 a.m and you do not see them again until midnight i am not that person I'm like, I'm like, I still got to break out everything into my nap. So when does my nap fit into this? Do you think that people, that everyone should consider traveling internationally if they have the means to? I think that everyone should do it. But I also think everyone should go to college. So there's that. So I don't know if, even if they do it for a year. I'm like, just, just to experience it because of the level of opportunities. I don't know that I believe that everyone that travels abroad becomes this open and amazing, wonderful human being. That's what I hate. Like, oh my gosh, the world is your learning experience. I'm like, get out of here. First <laughs> of all, you can be racist and travel. Like, it's, there's no, it is what you are open to. Mm-hmm. It is what you take in. It's like, there's no special card that you get for traveling abroad my hope is that anyone that's willing to travel abroad would be open and meet new people and break out of their career but if you can go internationally and decide you're going to stay in a resort the whole time also i think that some people are so resistant to it they end up i know some people who i feel like they travel and then it just confirms all the negative things that they expected like they're like oh this is nothing like the u.s and it's like you love the U.S. to find shit that's just like the uh, U.S.? The people that go to France to eat at Chipotle. <laughs> like, it's like, they I, got Chipotle there? They do. They got two. I've been. <laughs> but I mean, I see the purpose of you. I see the purpose of eating at familiar places if you're somewhere for a long period of time. Yeah. But, right? yeah, but yeah. you come somewhere for three days and you're like, I'm going to eat at McDonald's. Really? Because you're only here for three days. You I actually think, there. yeah. And it makes the huge difference between whether you enjoy a place. Like a lot of people go and then when you expect it to be those things like you want to be comfortable and be just like at home you will hate the place but it's also scary because you're spending money and you're taking a chance on places that you might eat or go to that are that suck do you still keep your blog no sorry no blog (laughs) you should do like a paris guide for people my blog was ridiculous anyway and i don't know about my paris guide because i just start hating everything right once you're in a country too for a long period of time there's just so many things that you also start to complain about i'm like first of all why are you giving me pancakes and putting my syrup on for me i don't (laughs) want you to put my like in america i get my syrup on the side and i get my butter on the side you're putting (laughs) it all together like you're rationing out how much syrup i get i don't think so why my pancakes so dark like it's just all these like all I would do is just complain about all the things when I get upset versus praise it because there's now because I'm living the honeymoon here, period is over I mean it's yes sometimes there's just great beautiful moments but the thing is when you're experiencing something for a longer period of time 
there's a lot more days for air. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go out in France, you, you're like, oh my gosh, you got all these beautiful Instagram pictures of this sandwich. I want to get it. What time does it close? Five o'clock. Cool. You race across town because you're just like, oh, I want to get it. I want to get it because it's three o'clock or three thirty, and I want to make it there by four thirty to get it. You get there at three, four thirty, like, oh, we're closed. How are you closed if you close at five o'clock? According to your website, it says you close at five. But that's France. They close when they close. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. There's no like that's almost everywhere. If they choose, to wait, give, or was it like an Oprah moment? No, <laughs> like I walked up and saw that the gate was down, closed. Uh-huh. Like I didn't even ask them because I, I said I went on Instagram thinking because you know in America you get upset. You're like, ooh, Instagram I'm gonna tell you why you tell me when you close, and you think they're gonna respond back. Yeah. In France they don't care. Yeah. They're like, first of all, we don't care. FYI, <laughs> you thought we cared? We don't care. Customer <laughs> service is not our thing, and I think that's also to a degree what I like with them. I have an abusive relationship with them because they just don't care. You're like, I'm upset, and they'll be like interesting (laughs) (laughs) we're not gonna do anything about that like there was a person who was stranded during a snowstorm she's like oh my gosh my kid is in london and blah 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 and they're just like yeah so the as i said it's tomorrow the next (laughs) one and they're like they don't try to like be like oh let me be helpful like no i'm like your idea of customer service does not exist in europe and it's so like when it's not you it's hilarious like but when it's you when you're like i'm like Oh, I bought all these tickets, but the train is free. Why'd I buy all these? Anywhere else you could go back. Like, can I get my money back? I'm like, can I get a refund? And what's a refund? I was like, where you give me my money back for the <laughs> ticket that I just bought? They're like, no. Like, it's just, then you're like, well, I guess I got all these tickets for nothing. Because there's no one you can take it up with. Because they don't care. Mm. They do not care yeah. at all. Yeah. And it's hilarious. And then terrible at the same time. <laughs> Depending on your mood. Um, so what would you, I guess, what are like a few things that you would recommend for someone who's like never traveled abroad and is thinking about it? Um, I don't know. Depends on what we're talking about in context of like, uh, maybe planning on spending some significant amount of time abroad, not just like a three day trip. Um, research, uh, I, I suggest people like find, uh, different activities Mm -hmm. to keep themselves busy. Um, Actually, research is important. There was one time this friend of a friend was um, called up and was like, hey, I'm coming to Beijing. Can you, like, you know, give me some tips and maybe, like, let's grab dinner, right? So it was this whole mess meeting up with him because he, like, refused to... I told him, this is your first day here. You don't speak the language. Like, take spend two... It's literally two U.S. dollars. Just come meet me at the restaurant and I'll help you get around the subway and stuff after that. He's like, yeah, but I'm really on a shoestring budget, so I really don't want to do that. He gets in the subway, gets lost for two hours, finally Mm -hmm. makes it to the place where we're meeting and says to me, I didn't realize that no one spoke English here. (laughs) In China. And I mean, maybe I'll say be bilingual, though. Well, he's also ethnic Chinese, which makes it worse because he should have known better. And I was just like, are you serious? You came to China and was surprised that no one spoke English? Like, you don't need to do that much research to know that. (laughs) I mean, to a degree, like with France, there were everyone talks about how all French people know English. And um, then you get there, you're like, that's a lie. People that <laughs> people that work in tourist areas know English, like, yes, or speak English, but most do not. You know what I tell people if they're ever going up to a new country for the first time? No matter where you go, whether or not you speak the language, have the place, your destination, and the 
your hotel or wherever you're staying written in the local language and a card and no matter what you can at least get home from some nice stranger also screen capture that's one of the most yeah. amazing things i screen capture like google map directions and mm-hmm. and and metro things and uh, places that i want to go so then i can just look at my photo gallery um if like ever my battery gets really low and yeah. you don't want to use your wi-fi you, you have the gallery so that like is really an effective way to to just memorize things and know where you're going yeah um i don't this is just really a tough question for me because for me i think the only thing that you really need is curiosity if you're traveling abroad i think you need to be open to new experiences you need to be open to making mistakes you need to be open to like sitting outside feeling all sad because like you're just like i just didn't plan or do anything like that is what makes the experience like when i was going to france everybody sent me a list of things of places i should go mm-hmm. ah, it was great then before i went i was like this is so helpful this is so helpful when i got there i was like okay like i don't know what my day looks like so me planning things also in in accordance like that that was just so so what sense. do you think is helpful to know i mean i think that okay it's true you should kind of be emotionally prepared but before you've ever done it it's hard to even know what that means you know i mean you have to keep in mind that i'm not a person that's very organized so i didn't go particularly prepared um i knew that i would check in with someone on a daily i think that that's important for travel Mm -hmm. to ensure i think travel insurance is important if you're traveling somewhere because if your flights are delayed you got travel insurance if you lose your laptop while you're away you have travel insurance like if you die where'd you get you have travel insurance online you do a travel insurance search you pay like 30 it's the best 30 bucks that you will ever pay i'm in a travel group and and a group of people maybe about 12 of them had decided they were going to like panama together Uh their vehicle Uh um fell off a cliff oh my god uh about four of the people died oh my god and some of the people didn't have travel insurance so the group went together came together to um pay for the body because the body still has to get from here apparently it's like 10 grand to take bring a body from another from there to Uh there but it was it was very it was very sad there were people in comas it was just like all kinds like they were going up a mountain to the top of to one of the like nicest neighborhoods in in i think it was in panama and the breaks i don't know what it was but the 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 tour the the small like private tour bus that they were on crashing so it was a big deal for our travel community because all like 10 people from the travel group were on the travel together and and we we became a discussion about travel insurance the people that had it you need to have emergency contacts and you don't mean travel insurance like what the airline offers you when you buy a ticket it's like separate right right well i don't know i don't know if the travel the the travel insurance that the airline offers you includes like death insurance so it depends like i if if it covers that but i usually don't go through the airline to get it i go separately do you have a recommended insurer that you use no i've i've done it twice Mm -hmm. and so and but like I didn't, and I didn't only? file my claim, so like they range, like right, mm-hmm. just like any insurance, you can pick or choose, and it, it's based on the amount of time that you're abroad and 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 what you want them to cover and things like that. So I think some credit cards actually might come with there are, insurance, yeah. But most of us don't know which one of our credit card companies come True. with it, and yeah. you, I think, probably also have to pay for the trip with that credit card, and I don't know which 
part of the trip like do you have to pay for your plane right with that trip and so those like researching things like that um i also register on online um i don't know what it's called offhand the global registration by the government yeah so as like if an emergency of some sort happens they know where i am mm-hmm. and they can come and send the helicopter chopper chopper to come mm-hmm. get me so like you need because i know again when there were political um unrest in in egypt that that's how they're going to try to locate or find you based on that and that's how you ensure that you are getting out of a politically uh, a violent situation um, also actually if you're going to be a, if you're american and you're going to be abroad for a long period of time you should register with the local consulate or the embassy because they'll alert you to emergencies and also you this is something that i've found out in a weird way but the privacy act prevents them from ever telling any of your family members even like your mom or your spouse where you are and what you're doing and stuff like that um so you have to let them know that it's okay to like you have to give them a list of people who Mm. you can disclose information to so if something happens to you you're in a hospital your mom can find out i think that yeah that's what the kind of also the online program that i do with the they probably correspond because i I tell them like every leg of my trip where i will be yeah and the dates so like so you can find me make sure you call your credit card company and tell them where you're going to be because if you're using your credit card you'll be very sad when you get declined at the atm and you're like (laughs) at the atm for miles and you're You're screwed yeah you don't need to ensure that you have the unless you're going to like some small country that doesn't have atms and you're going to a village you you don't need to like go to your bank in new york city and get a million dollars worth of euros actually the cheapest way is to get it straight out the atm in the foreign country exactly you go to the foreign country go to one that probably there are some though like in paris like you can only get eight hundred dollars out versus like something that you can get like two thousand dollars out when i'm paying rent only getting eight hundred dollars out is a little tough because it's like now i'm paying fees and I can only get out enough money to pay my rent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when it would make sense to get out more money to pay, like, also for my my eating and et cetera. Um, so alert your bank. Tell them where you're going. Don't try to not to use your credit card, like, multiple times because you are going to get also additional fees. Every time you swipe that card, you, sh- you should get the my- Sapphire card. You I should definitely the, get the Sapphire. I card. have the I have the, the a Chase uh, Amazon card that I use. Try the Sapphire, and the first year is free, so you can get rid of after that. But they will give you a bonus, and you guys should know this too. If you're gonna travel um, abroad for a significant period of time, Sapphire Chase Sapphire is no foreign transaction fees, which is not it's not the only card that has that. But they also give you like some ridiculous amount of bonus miles when you first sign up. And then if you spend another X, like X amount of money within that time, they give you more bonus miles and it's enough to get, I think, like a round trip ticket. Um, so I've gone back and forth from I've made international trips for free on that card. And then I literally put everything that I can on the card. And Visa is like the most widely accepted um, um, type yeah. of credit card. So then and then I just pay for it with my American bank account. So you hear that, Chase? We sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like look at your credit cards look at the details of, of, of the type of fees transaction fees that you will s- suffer because there's nothing like the fact that you're swiping for something that's a dot, one euro yeah and then you're getting a fee on top of that one euro item that you purchased where you're like oh i guess you're I like, oh i just paid ten dollars for this yeah um in many countries people you cannot use the u.s dollar 
Just <laughs> FYI. Because Back do your research. I have a family member who shall remain, remain nameless who <laughs> says to me, Nika, you didn't tell us that I couldn't use the U.S. dollar when I came to Paris. I'm like, because I thought that was so explainable. <laughs> like, I had no clue. I had to break that down for you. Don't get those little, don't, don't exchange your money at the airport. Yes, it's a million dollars. Do it doesn't make sense. Don't do it. You're you're playing yourself if you do that. Um, cash cash exchanges in a foreign country are always the worst rates. Like you're the the first best thing is getting a credit card with no fees because then you won't pay any fees and you'll just to get the direct conversion. The second best thing is taking money out the ATM because you might just get a small ATM fee, but you won't $5, get five dollars. You know I mean? Five dollars in France. Yeah. Um, for some, I think also if you have like a sister bank abroad, you can go yeah. and then there's no fees for that. Pack lightly because you want to bring stuff back. <laughs> True. And also you're probably going to be pulling that luggage everywhere. True. To many places and it's annoying and there are weight limits. So don't think that you can <laughs> pull everything in. There's also certain um, luggage tips that I've seen from people where they get those little bags that allow them to separate their clothing. Yeah. Right. So they put like. 30 shirts in in one little mini bag and they are an expert at doing things like that if if you can learn how to pack like that i haven't learned that skill set yet also rolling clothes keeps a little space be prepared for laundromats you might not have experienced that in the u.s if you are from the u.s you're now used to having a washer and dryer in your home and you go and you realize oh you don't have washer or dryers you don't have really great heating and you don't have air conditioners. Why is what is this life? So be prepared for that. Be curious. Um, that's 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 pretty much all I have on on. Well, what are your plans now? What are you gonna do? You're gonna stay out there. You're gonna go to another country. No, my goal is to be in Paris for a year. At first, I got there. At first, this trip, I was like, okay, I'm over Paris. <laughs> it was so hard, dude. Like, but now I'm like. I've committed to doing something. It was my dream to do it for a year. To give up on that midway blah, doesn't make sense. But I'm going to not go back until May. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then do you think that you, do you think you have like a travel bug now? Like, do you think you'll always be kind of jumping from country to country or? I definitely have. Well, I don't know about country to country, but I, I've, I don't think that international travel is the only form of travel. So I've always had a bit of a travel been a traveler where I've gone places and etc where it was a part of my life um it just wasn't going very far mm-hmm. so I d- don't get me wrong in thinking that only international travel is a form of travel um I do think about how if I birthed children how I would also continue to travel the way you said that is so funny <laughs> if I birthed children because I'm old now <laughs> if I get kids <laughs> if I birth children i need to know like i'm like how will i travel with them and you know do that at an early age where you know my little cousins who fly a lot i don't think that they'll have that same fear of flying although fear of flying can come during travel right yeah a lot of people i met a dude on a train on amtrak an older he worked for microsoft or something like that for years and no not microsoft what used to be the big ibm Mm -hmm. he worked for ibm for years and he was on the train when i was going to chicago and i'm like well why are you on the train if you used to fly back and forth he was like now i have a phobia of flying so i'm flying i'm taking a train all the way back to seattle from from here and i was like wow i didn't i never thought about the onset of I mean, it's cheap, actually, to get a rail travel. Like, you can get a rail travel for, 
I think maybe $500 and it'll let you hop on, hop off oh. and go to different countries. And so you go, you just have to be committed. There's also like a, an, uh, a program where if you want to ride the train and write about it, mm-hmm. they'll pay you to do Wait, it what? let you do it. And they've been, but <laughs> do I need to quit my job? They've been picking like, like what I didn't like about that was they were picking ex- established writers to do it versus mm-hmm. like having it open to everyone. Mm-hmm. I felt like it should have been more open. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, so you don't know basically. <laughs> I know. I'm going through the visa process later in April, and then in April you think you I'll might know. stay out there forever. I doubt it. Selfishly, I don't want you to. I mean, my family's <laughs> here. My friends are here. Uh, I just can't imagine birthing French babies. I mean, I would birth French babies because then you kind of get paid to have kids and you don't have to work for two years and they have like vaginal rebirth and everything. That's a part of... (laughs) Wait, what? What's vaginal rebirth? Like rejuvenation and all that other stuff. They do all these things that are paid for by the government. And then you... That's paid for by the government? Yes. And then you get daycare for your kid up until like five, until your kid goes to school. So there's... Well, you also pay something like some ridiculous amount of tax. But the taxes are probably the equivalent of the U.S. Really? Maybe just slightly more, more, but the the incomes aren't as high. Mm. But you're not... Food is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Travel like a monthly pass to the suburbs. Like you know how we have. There's the Long Island Railroad here mm-hmm. that you pay extra money for to go to Jersey or whatever. It's extra money to mm-hmm. to go there. You pay seventy one dollars and you can go outside of like you go to the s- Paris uh-huh. and the burbs of Paris for seventy one dollars a month. Oh, it's all included. Yeah, and so like there's not like different there used to be a, a breakdown of the different metro systems mm-hmm. and you'd get a different ticket for it but now it's like you get your little pass with your little picture i'm like 71 dollars. the metro actually goes down in in pairs like it was higher than it they were like oh it's 180 we're breaking bringing it down to like 160 or something like that i'm like where does that happen we're all complaining about things being more expensive it, i've never seen it go down anywhere else they'll be like oh there's a lot of pollution today everyone rides the metro for free that's kind of cool. So, do you have any parting words for people out there who might be um, inspired by your by your travel story? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you should be inspired by my travel story. Be inspired <laughs> by your own. Like, uh, write your book. Go out there, and and I don't mean literally write your book. I mean write your experiences. Go and experience the world. Be curious. Open your mind. Enjoy. And yourself. I think one of the takeaways just from talking to you today is like. You don't, some people I think think there's a huge barrier, like you have to save up a small fortune in order to go abroad, or you have to learn a language first, or they, they have all these things that maybe stop them from just going, but you're saying that you could just go. Toss aside the fear, toss aside the language shame. There will be people that will try to shame you for not knowing the language. I look at those people and I laugh. <laughs> I laugh in their face, because I mean, I'm, I'm also very, um, I, I don't know if, if if it's arrogance or just having an ego where I just feel like, you know, I've taken a chance to come here. And now you are telling me every country, if I visit 25 countries, you're telling me I need to know the language of all 25 of those places in order to go there. No, that's exactly. I, that. I was like, that's you. If you are people that think like that, don't travel. 
<laughs> like if you if you want to figure out a way to not go somewhere think of all the things that you have to do in order to go somewhere and you will then not go anywhere right instead think of like going to the places and and like language shame <laughs> i i go on tangents about that with my friends who who feel that way about language because they're good at and they're fluent and they think that everyone should do whatever. I'm like, well, it's, it's easier, but if you can't, I don't think you should use that as a reason not to. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's great. I know, you know, one person said you'll experience Paris in a better, you'll have a better way to experience Paris once you learn the language, mm-hmm. right? Because you'll experience it uniquely different. That's true. That's why I'm learning the language now because mm-hmm. I know I've been back enough times to start to learn mm-hmm. the language. But if I had only was only going to Paris once for for even just for that month, knowing certain things that would certain words would only be important to me. But also knowing knowing certain cultural things, like knowing that everybody in France when you enter a store, you're supposed to say bonjour. You say bonjour or bonsoir. If you do not, you are rude because that's that culturally that's what they yep. do. So learning certain things that culturally like. Learned, like someone telling me in, in Greece, you have to like share all your food and you have to ensure like, oh, OK, so that's good to know. You don't eat yeah. all the plates and then learning those cultural cues. That's it's just from being, being curious. Yes. Curious, respectful, all those things, just understanding and being like, like, oh, I want to know that like, oh, OK, in Spain, you know, when you eat uh, pinchos, you throw your napkin and the toothpick on the floor like in america that's not a good thing yeah <laughs> so just knowing certain things you learn those just from being curious enough to go to the place yeah so i mean it's not hard um okay well thank you for coming on the show would you like or mind if people followed you on social media and everything you can follow me at lanika little at instagram but it's not that thrilling so you'll probably be like, look, why is her... Why do people want to follow I, your I, travel? My phone is broken and you'll be like, damn, her pictures are dark. Um, <laughs> but I also have a, uh, I have a, um, an Instagram account, Suitcasing. S-U-I-T-C-A-S-I-N-G. There's a travel group called Travel Noir and it's about um, black travelers. And okay. it's one of the most, like... Uh, I don't know popular successful travel groups that are out there they have a Is it like an a Instagram form? account oh okay and they also have a website Travel Noir and they do group trips uh-huh. and um, they share just amazing amazing pictures okay that cool. will inspire you to travel cool thanks for the tip so I will see you guys again next episode and thank you for joining <laughs>